1: We're talking real money. Hi, welcome to our live remote program from our new offices of our investment advisory firm, Vestry, which a lot of you don't even know we have an investment advisory firm because we don't promote it during the show, but we're having a special event because we just moved into a new office. Uh, and so we've got food trucks and we've got a live remote of the show. And uh, actually somebody from Dimensional Funds is here and Debbie is here and Kevin is here and just everybody is here. Shannon, you're up. Welcome to Talking Real Money.
2: Hi, Tom. Hi, Don. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question is, I have about $101,000 to invest. Um, you guys generally tout a particular fund from Vanguard for low fees and a good turnaround?
1: Yeah, what, what, what we try to get you to do, let me just kind of make this real clear for everybody. For, for when you're getting started, when you're building your own portfolio, we like Vanguard a lot. It makes life easy, and we want to make sure you're globally invested. We want to make sure that you own stocks all over the place but we don't just say get this one fund because you've got to build a portfolio for your risk tolerance so a portion of your money should be in the vanguard total world stock index fund the vtwsx is its symbol total world stock index vt VT, vtwsx and a portion of it though should be in really dull boring underperforming they never make you any money bonds the reason is to dampen the perception of volatility. What I would suggest you do first, if you haven't done it, go to TalkingRealMoney.com and take our risk quiz. Um, the risk quiz will give you an idea of how much of that portfolio should be in stocks. And I've actually
2: then, been to you, one of your seminars, so I'm familiar Oh, with you that. have?
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and, and and the other thing that uh, you you might want to consider is uh, uh, we are going to start doing portfolios that are under the, uh, the $250,000 minimum that we have for most clients. So you, you know, we might we might be able to do something for you too there. So, uh but take a look at those Vanguard funds. They're terrific funds. Tom, you have something to add? No, I just wanted to get to say something on the show. No, that's
3: <laughs> the balance between what Don was saying between stocks and bonds is critical to every dollar you put in. And here's why. Because history shows that most people invest and don't know how much risk they're taking. So for example, if we told you to put all the money in the VTWSX, a very fine mutual fund. That holds 7500 stocks. So the next time the market goes into a large decline, your portfolio might go down 20%, might go down 30%. In 2008, it lost over 40% of the value. What we know is then most people say, "I that's I, too much risk. I got to get out of it. They sell it. They wait till the market goes back in. That's what Don was talking about, about balancing between stocks and bonds. For young people, yes, we'd like you to be more aggressive. As we all get older, generally, you need to have some balance to the portfolio. So the advice is well put, Don
1: yeah and 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 it's again it's not the 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 solution for everybody there is no one universal solution every single human being needs to sit down and at least get a feel for their personal risk tolerance what their future needs are because sometimes by the way you may not be capable you may not feel capable of taking on a lot of volatility but you may be in a situation where you have to so there's a lot of things that go into it but that's those are the fund. that's the fund and then a nice short-term bond fund and you should be starting off on a a really good track
3: and, and by the way we want to thank all of our clients for coming today and all the rest because this is really a great day the food is great everybody's having a wonderful time and our clients are very happy and do you know why they're happy because the market's gone up that's why they're right, happy right. when the market Wait, doesn't go on down. then we need to have something bigger with lobster and steak or something like that, that that'll, that'll keep them you know oh yeah now i really love vestry again
1: and uh sorry oh is that a is that a, oh that's a walk-in oh i yeah, thought it was a yeah yeah wait okay hold on i'm gonna stand up oh wait okay todd well okay todd you, yeah you have a minute you can ask your question then we'll do it after the break my
2: 25 year old son just got a, an offer from his job to have a a match for an ira but he doesn't know if he should choose a roth or
1: the traditional ira oh that's easy Is he in a really high tax bracket right now? No. I thought that was probably the answer. Uh, The only advantage to having a traditional IRA is the immediate tax break for somebody who's in a high bracket today and expects to be in a lower bracket in the future, and that's a minimal tax advantage. Roth IRAs grow tax-free. They're lovely.
3: And we want to make sure we get the nomenclature right. That's probably a Roth 401K 401K, or traditional uh, 401K because if he's working in a retirement plan. So, no, for a young person... I would put all the money in post-tax, do the Roth, and get all that growth tax-free. Huge advantage.
0: Tom and Don are talking
2: real money.
1: Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at Meet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only, 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestry. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first, our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand and the level of investment volatility you can tolerate that's vestory.com v-e-s-t-o-r-y.com
0: for your real life and real future tom and don are talking real money
1: welcome back to our live remote show at our new office uh, at 2821 north of way in bellevue we've got uh, great food trucks we've got some asian fusion and of course the world famous Pompeii wood fire pizza
3: they're working their tails. I want to, and because this is a theme that seems to come up a lot, and somebody else asked us about uh, sort of investing for young people. What do I do? There's somebody out else uh, who made $3,000 this summer. What do Whoa. I do? Yeah, young person. Um, there's somebody else that had made $114 this summer. What do I do? We think that the best thing you can do for a young person is immediately open a Roth IRA, set that money in. You mentioned the one fund or the one ETF. You could own VT.
1: Right. Now, that's something new that I just recently discovered. We thought Vanguard always had a $3,000 minimum. Well, they do for their mutual funds, but not for their ETF. So you can open an, an, a Roth IRA with Vanguard and buy, as long as you buy one share of an ETF, and the one that we, uh, for a young person, would probably suggest is VT because it's globally diversified. That's its symbol, VT. It's a Vanguard Total World ETF. Um, and, and its minimum is right now about $69. Yeah,
3: you got to buy one share of it. So then the other one for a young person, as soon as they have a checking account, is to hook that up to 8 acorns.com acorns is a rounding service and, and the way i look at this don is you go out and if you use real cash you end up with change in your pocket right quarters dimes and you usually put those in a jar or someplace and then they sit there they don't do anything until somebody finally says hey look at all that change let's go do something in this case the money when you go use your debit card the rounding off goes into an account that then buys etfs at an extremely low cost now that change jar is invested i think for a young person
1: perfect and you know if you have that Change the only way you can turn it into real money anymore is to go into one of those grocery store machines and and pay them to do it. Seven percent. Seven percent. So yeah, something like seven percent. And there's Tom's grandson. It's a big day. Hey, Eli, how's it going, man? (laughs) Hi. Hi, Eli. You're my bud, aren't you? Yeah. At least babies like me. That's about it. That's extent. That's the extent of it. That's all I get. I get baby smiles. Yes. Oh, I'm just gonna play with the baby the rest of the show.
3: <laughs> what? Go ahead. And while we're talking about babies, the Utah 529 for a young person's college savings, because it's another young person question. Somebody came in the office the other day. The money was at a, a bank that we won't mention. The fees are ridiculous there in the 529 plan that you mean they the use. So yeah, trouble. I don't want to mention the name. But anyway, so we're, we opened an account for them at Utah, and you can use the money at any college or university. doesn't have to be in Utah. And actually, in your family, you don't even have to use that money. You can pass it on to somebody else in the family. So, Utah, very low cost wide diversification, and they have age-based portfolios, which I love because they
1: readjust them as the child gets older and gets closer to using the money. The reason we talk about investing so much is it's it's the one thing that can make the biggest difference. If you do this right, it can make the biggest difference in your life. Yeah, there are little things you can do along the way, like uh, you know, improving your spending and paying down debt and all of these other things, saving a little bit more. But the way you invest really makes dramatic difference because today and for most of the history of investing people have spent way too much money you know paying do you know what the commissions were we still had them when i started in the business in the 80s the, the, the commissions on mutual funds were eight and a half percent that is the 1980s correct yeah, the, yeah. okay they well, didn't sure. have mutual funds in the 1880s.
3: okay just checking in i want to go back to because you mentioned them earlier uh, a little on vanguard because people hear the show sometimes and think well what's your relationship yeah. with vanguard you get no we don't get anything uh, I wish we did. Yeah, we'd, we would have retired a long time ago, but we don't get anything from Vanguard. We do use some of their funds for our clients. Uh, we don't get anything from Acorns either, by the way. We just think that it's it's a great a great place for a young person to start, or even old people. We use it, too. I, I love Acorns. But, back to, I read something about Vanguard I think you'll find interesting. Somebody said they find Vanguard to be conservative, and I had to think that through. Well, is it conservative? It's conservative in some ways, because it's widely, if you buy them correctly, it's Widely diversified. If you're going to try to be conservative with your stock holdings, to be diversified is conservative because you're not making a bet on a certain market or a bet on a certain stock. That's that I think is correct. Number two, I guess you could call them conservative because the fees are low. You're paying less to others. If you're paying a high fee, you're taking more risk, right? Because you need to get a, a bigger payoff for paying all those monies to others. So it does kind of make sense that investing in stocks is not conservative, but investing to be diversified and keeping your costs low is. In away
1: and that's an amazingly valuable point uh the vast majority if you look at most of the actively managed mutual funds out there the stuff that we used to believe in and thank goodness we've stopped i just saw a thing that said and i don't know where this number came from i think it came from ici the investment company institute but i saw a thing that said passive and index funds are up to like over 40 percent of of the market now of the u.s stock market like we're pushing 50 percent and before, what these managers tried to do was pick the 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 best stocks in the country and this is something at which they failed miserably. They didn't do it well. The risks are, and and this is another thing that most of you don't get. When you think I got 20 stocks in my portfolio, I've got 30 stocks, I'm diversified. You're not even close to diversified. That's aggressive.
3: And do we want to take questions from the audience? We've got people lined up here. Of course. Oh, we'll take Dan's question. And he, oh. He's a pushover. He won't. He won't kill us. Come on over here, Dan. Dan's wearing his. I love this. 1917. Last time Seattle won a major championship. No kidding. Last time we won a hockey title because, as you know, we don't. We don't have a professional hockey.
1: I was going to say I didn't see a hockey yeah, team anywhere. You
3: know, we don't have one. So and this, I mistakenly once said we. This was an NHL team. It was not. This was a whole different league anyway. We don't want to get into that with Dan. He knows the whole history. It still says Stanley Cup. In 1917, they did win the Stanley Cup, but but Dan. Somebody asked. him, if he was a a player on the... No, he's not that old. Uh, He was the stick guy, though, apparently. So come on over here. Yeah, Danny. What's your question for us? Thank you for joining us today. They asked me
4: if I had a question. Um, I don't know if I really have a question as such. Uh, (laughs) I guess uh, my question is, am I making a lot of money? (laughs) Actually, uh, one oh, of the questions you want to be
3: in the program that makes money. Oh. Oh, okay, see your
4: advisor for that. Yeah, I do need that. Um, no, I don't have a question, but I have been listening to the show for quite uh, for a few years, and I was with a broker and uh, Vestry, or or the show turned me on to answer a lot of questions for me at the time.
1: And hold that thought because the music just came up, which you can't hear, but I can hear, which means we have to sneak away for just a minute. And we'll get back to Dan's non-question after this. Dawn and
0: Dawn are talking real money.
1: We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there, but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at Retire Meet online for free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the video link, and finally, we rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis go to vestry.com to learn more and you can take our free no obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate that's vestry.com V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com.
0: your guides to a really great financial future tom and don are talking real money
1: I'm Don. That's Tom. Over here is Dan. We're at our new office at 2821 North of Dupuy. If you're listening to the show, Dan has a non-question that during the break somehow morphed into a real question. All right, Dan,
3: what do you got? Come on over here. He's got. He, first of all, he has the best shirt on today. For a while. Yeah, I love, I love, love shirt. that Seattle he, Metropolitan. He likes shirt. my Seattle Metropolitan yeah. shirt
4: because it's uh, from cool.
3: 1917 when yeah. we when Seattle was the first U.S. Know
4: team know to win the Stanley Cup. First US so team. yeah, first U.S. team to win the Stanley right, Cup. But we're question? not talking about that. My oh question is, when I was with a broker, of course, uh, I did purchase an annuity. And my question ah! is, oh gosh, no. So when is it appropriate to purchase an annuity, annuity and what would be the pros and cons to annuities? And I know there's different types and I think that would be a, a real good question a lot of people would have. So maybe you can answer that.
3: Well, okay, that you're right because there's annuities of every stripe. So the only time I believe it would be appropriate is if you wanted a regular income from an amount of money and you're willing to give up liquidity, you're willing to give up you know, greater return on your capital, but you know every month you're gonna get a check from XYZ company for a certain amount, you could buy an immediate annuity. That's the only am- annuity product that I could live with if you had to have one.
1: And there are no load immediate annuities. You, If you get them through your friendly neighborhood insurance agent they will not be no load immediate annuities they will be heavily loaded immediate annuities you'll make more money if you find a no load company second to to tom's point there are a lot of things that are called annuities what has happened is the insurance industry has applied what was a simple concept this immediate annuity and they've taken this annuity wrapper thanks to a lot of little loopholes that congress gave them because their lobby is very powerful and they've wrapped investment vehicles in this annuity wrapper which is an unnecessary addition as a matter of fact, it's extra weight on the investments that drags them down. It is the I, it, one of the worst products ever invented for investors in the history of investing. The insurance industry fights tooth and nail to keep these things separate from the investment community. Because right now, your mutual funds, the investment community, is regulated heavily by the SEC. These indexed annuities that insurance companies sell as an investment were they went to court. They got them deregulated. So that the SEC could not call them an investment and they could sell them as they choose to sell them, which means obfuscation, opacity and blatant lies when it comes to the sale of these products. Blatant lies. And by the way, the challenge still stands for you guys who sell these things. I was really nice with things, wasn't I? Didn't I I do well? Call me and defend them. Give me a call and defend them. Tell me why they're such a wonderful, no risk way to invest. But I'm going to ask you some very probing questions about the particulars.
3: Thank you for your question, Dan. Good one. And it does come up a lot because people like to feel that guaranteed thing. I know I'm not going to lose. Anyway, so we don't have enough time on the show to dive into all that. Should we go to another caller? we got a Here's caller waiting. Tim, Tim uh, sorry you're not here joining us on this beautiful Saturday afternoon in Bellevue. Tim, uh, what's your question for us? How can we help you today?
4: Hey, thanks for taking my phone call. Listen, i got a quick question for you guys about funds and their performance. Over the past 20 years or so, I was doing some research online, and I ran across something. I just wanted you to verify whether it's true, that 86% of mutual funds have gone below market value. Only 14% have, and of those, they only generate about six, six and a half in. Is that
3: true or not?
1: Yeah, I don't know the exact number you're quoting, but based on Standard & Poor's analysis of mutual yes, funds, Standard Poor's, but, right. it was the SPIVA yeah. It was the Spiva report, the Standard & Poor's uh, uh I can't remember what it's named. index versus active. Oh, it's index versus active. Yeah. The 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 hard truth is for the rest of the investing industry that the vast majority of people's efforts to beat the market fail absolutely miserably and the the funds that uh beat the market only uh, there've been two studies done on this, two that I know of, the funds that have beaten the market in the past, uh their market beating performance is more likely attributable to luck than to any other single factor. So
3: this always begs the question, sort of for you, Tip, what do you do, right? I mean, so we're going to tell you buy index mutual funds because there you've gotten the returns of the market. So we don't know looking at a 20-year period if six percent is reasonable. I'd have to, I'd have to dive into some. That sounds reasonable, right? I mean, I don't know what the, the market went up, market went down. Don's going to take a look. So I would buy index funds. I would buy index funds with low costs. I would buy index funds that are very wide diversified because I, I, you, in the last 20 years you probably made more being more. US-centric because the United States market has outperformed internationals uh, certainly since the recovery in 2009, 2010. So those would be, I mean, that's my takeaway because it sounds a little bit like you're saying, well, why would I invest in mutual funds? I haven't made any money. It would still be the vehicle of choice for us uh, because a mutual fund is simply a a investment vehicle that invests most of the time in a widely diversified portfolio, hopefully at a low cost if you get the right one.
1: Yeah. and, And as for the market, it really, see, The problem is people quote different numbers as the market, uh, that 6% return. I can tell you that a globally diversified portfolio, the kind that we suggest, where you have uh, U.S. equities and foreign equities, where you overweight value a little bit, you overweight small cap and the like, a portfolio like that over the past 20 years has done about 8.5% per year over the past 20 years. Now, I don't know if that's the S&P number or not. I'll have to look that one up. But different people quote different numbers. And so you got to be careful with what's being quoted and ask what exactly. Does that consist of uh, the number I'm telling you about? We it consists of about twelve thousand stocks uh, around the planet uh, with an emphasis on small and value.
3: I hope that helps, Tim. Thanks for your call. I, I, I mean, one question somebody asked me: Did you invest in the chicken? What is it? Chicken for the uh, chicken soup for the soul IPO? Did you put your money in that yesterday?
1: There was an IPO.
3: Yeah, what? yeah. Chicken no. soup for the soul did an IPO yesterday. Fifty no. million dollars. Yep. You're gonna be kidding. Nope. It's a book. I it's several books. You can books. buy an IPO in a, a book. It's a video. It's all by and i'm guessing then i'm taking from that that you didn't rush your life savings and throw it into that
1: uh as a matter of fact had i known it was there i would have uh avoided it like the plague well it did go down 23 percent in its first
3: day of trading but you know other than that and by the way we do are not believers in ipos not because we don't like companies that are starting and all that but the track record of ipos is horrible unless you got it from somebody at goldman before it
1: went public then sometimes it can work out that would be illegal. Uh, The thing about IPOs is that IPOs, initial public offerings, brand new offerings of stock, are for gamblers. Are you a gambler? That's the question you need to ask yourself when you're thinking about buying an individual stock, when you're thinking about getting into some sort of a commodity program, or playing options, or any of these esoteric things, shorting stocks, buying IPOs. Am I a gambler? Is this money, ask this question, is this money I could afford to take to Vegas or Muckleshoot Casino or whichever other one and put down on a roulette throw with a, uh, roulette wheel or throw with a throw of the dice, would you be comfortable with losing all of that?
3: And we had lunch with somebody this week, a young guy who uh, was saying he's going to take some money. He didn't. He made some money on a house. He wasn't going to invest. He was going to invest it in a trading strategy. strategy. So we tried to talk right. him out of that. So um, do we have time to do a call or a question now? Yeah, quest- Yes. Okay. Up? So we had a question from somebody here in the audience who said, I'm a conservative investor, right? And so I have 40 percent of my money in bonds 60 percent in stocks which is a traditional balanced portfolio but the question was because bonds are paying so little today and again we would recommend you only use bonds that pay so little generally because the ones that pay more and people look at their portfolio all the time i'm not making any money in bonds why not because bonds are meant to be the the stable part of your portfolio the foundation if you will but her question was i'm not making anything in bonds should i still have 40 percent of my money in those
1: instruments 60, 60 in bonds so yeah yeah more conservative uh bonds are uh, bonds are yielding very little today but the reality is even when bonds were yielding double-digit numbers bonds were yielding after inflation about the same amount that they yield today B- safe bonds have always been pathetic yielding investments for a very good reason because there is a fact of investing life risk and return are always linked one to another if you want to hire higher return on a portion of your investment portfolio, you must be willing to take on higher risk. The bond portion of a portfolio exists for one reason and one reason only. It is not to make you money. It is to protect you from volatility, to make sure your assets don't go wildly swinging all over the place in a downturn of the stock market.
3: And here's the other way I'd look at it, um, is your portfolio, your portfolio should be designed yours and mine and and everybody else's. The young lady who asks the question. The reason that you have so much in bonds is, A, you understand yourself about risk or your advisor does and B, how much money do you need to make on the money?
1: And we have a young asker of a question. He's over
3: brave there. too. He's, yeah, oh, come, there. come on over here. And he's got a question for us. What is your What, what is your name, sir? Nicholas. Alright, Nicholas, what's your question? How do you start investing? How do you start investing? That's a great question. It um, I mean, for you, the place probably be to start would be for your college education
1: go ask your mom for money Go ask, go ask your mom. Right for, I know. Go ask your mom for some money and say mom invest it for me.
3: Uh that would be number 1. Number 2, I mean for any person starting, right? If if you're as young as you. You got to decide what the purpose of that start is. Is this money you're going to save so that when you get a little older you can buy a car? Is this money for college? Is this money so you can move out of your house when you're 15? I mean, I, it depends on what the purpose of that money is. So we have to ask that question.
1: Well, and then the the trick is before you can even get to investing, there's a there's an, a there's a an immediate first step and that's called saving you've got to save the 50 cents and dollars and nickels and you put those somewhere where they don't make any money until they add up to enough money to go out and as we said buy a share of vanguard's global etf fund vt buy a share of that for 70 dollars. then you started investing when you do that you've started investing uh when you get a little older make sure that you put the money away a big part of the money you make off your first job Put that into a Roth IRA for your retirement. If you do that when you're young, I can't imagine a scenario in which you won't be very wealthy or at least very comfortable when you get to retirement.
3: At his age, maybe the best thing would be Uniform Gift to Minors Act.
1: Yeah, UGMA accounts. Uh, I would actually—you're you, going go to go; you're probably going to go to school down the road at, at some point. As uh, get family and friends to put money into a 529 plan for you in Utah because it grows tax-free for your college. That's going to be your first major expense before retirement.
3: Right. I think he's ready to uh, take over the show. He keeps elbowing me out of the way here. So, I guess. Anyway, I hope that's a good answer. Everybody's a critic. Everybody. Well, I didn't even get a microphone today, so I don't know what the, what's going on. Um, you're very kind.
1: And uh, we were talking a little earlier about returns on investments um, and the fact that the return that you get on your investment is directly related to the amount of risk you take. Uh, but we are big believers in putting a lot of money, as much as you can afford to put, into a globally diversified portfolio of equities. But we're in an environment right now, politically, particularly in this country, where people are wringing their hands. Yes. You know oh what's gonna happen to the economy what's gonna happen to my stocks everything is awful is this gonna affect my portfolio are we gonna have a crash coming up well one yeah someday we're gonna have some sort of a crash now i have my own opinions on that but they're just opinions but the reality is the governments the government of the united states the government of france the government of japan the government of china are not controlling the economy even in china China, where it's a it, it, it's a it's a very uh totalitarian authoritarian economy they still cannot control the economy so when you worry about that you have to think about the fact that it isn't just the u.s government that impacts the world markets it, it's they move on their own the economy exists on its own the economy of the planet has grown even when the roman empire fell apart
3: well i think and people have a tendency to to interconnect the political situation with the market
1: and things are
3: unsettled so The market's going to be unsettled. Why is it going up now? It shouldn't be going up now because we don't know what's going to happen to health care. We don't know what's going to happen to tax policy. You don't, in some ways, don't know who's even going to run the White House a week from now, right? It seems like every week there's some new person in there saying, go this direction, go that direction. And people want to connect that to the market. Our take would be that these things are always, there's always an unsettled nature to economies, politics, history, if you will. You got to invest for the long haul. You got to tune all that out and realize that that is the noise that gets you to react, and the reaction is where the trouble really starts.
1: Remember, throughout all this, throughout all of the things we've gone through in this country, our stock market has been the best on the planet uh, over the past few years. We've been one of the best markets. The rest of the the, the world matters, and they their, their governments are op- operating independently of ours, their economies to some extent. But we're all kind of tied together, and it's the the fact of the matter is the economy will exist no matter what, short of an asteroid strike. I mean, look at what happened. You're an expert on this. World War II. You know, that's your favorite period. The, the world was almost totally destroyed, and the economy went on
3: yeah and, and speaking of world war ii i'm looking for my books i had a lot of world war ii books They're here in the closet. oh okay that i had in the uh, the library in the old office i don't know they didn't make it maybe they were destroyed in the war i
1: don't know they were voted out
3: okay i can't find them <laughs> anywhere so then the, it kind of gets back to what nicholas said well then what do i do well what you do is you build a diversified portfolio what you do is you keep your costs low what you do is you know the purpose of the each dollar you have in your savings plan if you will that one's to pay for, et cetera, et cetera. So most people do not do that at the start, or they don't do what you said earlier, Don. They don't save first. got to save something, save not just- spend it all.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that you talk about everything having a purpose, Tom, but the, the, this is the hardest thing for investors to do is while they want to look at everything individually, they're, they're looking at each individual piece. And when we were talking about this 40-60 uh, portfolio, 40% stocks, 60% bonds, there's a reason we do this. And it requires that you look at your portfolio as a single organism, as a single entity. These different pieces of your portfolio make it all work together. And uh, right here in our midst, we have Ted, who actually has a question. Ted, come on
3: over here. He's got he's got all his empty plates. He's got all the books. He's got, look <laughs> yeah, at I, I tell you what, we'll take the plate. Yeah, here. what the heck. <laughs> keep Thanks. the book. I'm cleaning up. All right. right finally, <laughs> Don McDonald <laughs> earning his keep around here. It's good to see. How can we help you today, sir?
2: Well, we finally finally built up an emergency fund that maybe has enough in it, but it's sitting in the bank, not earning anything.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, so your question is kind of what to do with the what, emergency what fund? Okay, this? you're going to open up a great debate here. I'm glad you did this because I truly believe that you should try to make something on that money. So, my emergency fund is in a mutual funded Vanguard. So, that's hooked up to my bank account. And Please, I, can, I can move it back and forth. Now, I'm going to forget the ticker. Uh, it's the Vanguard short-term investment grade Bond fund. Right, We're going to look up. I always forget the ticker because I got a lot of these tickers running through my, among other things. Is it, uh, it's not VBMFX because that's the Vanguard total bond, the Vanguard short term investment grade bond fund. He's looking you, it up for us. Talk. So this is a bond, this is a mutual fund that buys the bonds of the best, I guess, safest, I guess, uh, the most likely to pay you back corporations in the country. And by the way, many of these only float bonds. Bonds because they don't want to bring money back from Ireland, they get all kinds of tax reasons. So oftentimes they float these bonds to make payroll. Microsoft does this. The fund is still yielding about 1.7%. Did you find it? You're still looking. Morningstar's not working. Morningstar's not working. It's the Vanguard Short Term Investment Grade Bond Fund. I can look it up. V. W- which, what is it? Vfstx. Vfstx. Thank you, Kevin Merriman. Gets to also keep his job. Don's on the fence because he couldn't even get my mic on. So that's all. But so the Vanguard Short Term Investment grade bond fund. So it's making yielding a little over one and a half percent a year. There's a reason why that pays you more, Ted, than being in the bank account, because Don alluded to this earlier. There's a modicum of risk because some of those companies, there was one quarter, I think, in the last 10 years where it lost money. It went down because people didn't think even the safest of corporations were going to pay, pay you back. But in the long haul, it's been able to produce more than a savings account. It's liquid. You could get the money tomorrow. They even give you Checks if you want to write against it. So I've used that. Don thinks it's a little riskier and maybe not.
1: Well, okay. A bank account has volatility of zero. Doesn't go up in value, doesn't go down in value. Uh, bonds have a little bit of volatility. This is very low. I mean, its standard deviation is about two and a quarter percent. But it had, there have been, as you said, there has yep. been a period when it lost a little bit of money. Uh, that could happen again. And as long as you're steeled for that, as long as you understand that. I'm okay with anything as long as people understand going in what the downside is and that's one of the biggest problems with the way most people invest is they go into it with a pie-in-the-sky sort of Pollyannish attitude. Uh, It's not going to go down. Well, let me tell you, the one thing I can guarantee about anything except a bank account that's FDIC insured is it could go down and the more it makes the more it could and will at some point go down. That's a fact. Stuff goes down and if you're not prepared for stuff to go down you shouldn't be in it that's why a portfolio needs to be designed for your particular tolerance for risk and you can add in the need for risk
0: tom and don are talking real money
1: quick break in addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal that's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at Meet online right now free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth, or the budding wealth, of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only, 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first, our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand. And the level of investment volatility you can tolerate that's vestory.com v-e-s-t-o-r-y.com
0: reality radio for a really great future we're talking real money
1: we're celebrating the opening, the grand opening of the new Vestry office in uh Bellevue, Washington at 2821 Northrop Way. The reason we had to move into a new office is because of this problem we have. We're growing too fast.
3: Yeah, you can go look at the plaque. got the plaque up on the wall yesterday. That we've been waiting for that plaque longer than I don't know. I don't know. I have I can't even come up with an analogy. So, no, we've grown and I when I see our clients, I have a lot of gratitude not just for the fact that they hired us, but the fact that they be- listen and believe us, it's it, there's really no greater, igno- I mean, I just, I feel great because they say, I trust you, I believe you, and we have to tell them, this isn't something we cooked up, this is the work of a lot of academics, but thank you for that, and, and I want to say thank you to the folks, again, who are here today for that reason.
1: Here's the thing, the reason we're believable is because we're telling the truth. That's what it comes down to. You can check out what we tell you. Go look it up. You'll find it's the truth. The <laughs> rest of it, and that's truthful george you're up next welcome to talking real money
2: well it's great to be here i i must confess i am not george i am actually paul And and I, you know And, and it's and not like your I voice isn't is
1: recognizable, door. Paul. This is Paul Merriman, by I the way, folks. I didn't think you
2: guys would take my call. So so I wanted to make sure I got through. So I told them I wanted to talk about putting a variable annuity into an IRA because I knew oh,
1: yeah. that would make you hot.
3: <laughs> that is hotter than the pizza wagon we got outside, I'll tell you that much right now. And it's
1: at 900 degrees. Wow.
3: Well, we're sorry you're not here, but we, will, we look forward to seeing you again and getting you over here at some point.
1: Well, you know how I feel about missing the free
2: pizza. But uh, listen, I just want to tell you guys how proud. I, I am so proud, happy, and uh, I just think the job that you've done helping people is remarkable and I, I wish you well in your in your new home. I, I know the inside story here and Don, uh, this thing about you know, growing so fast and we needed more space, I'm guessing Tom just got a huge office. Am I right?
1: Oh you should see it. Huge windows, gigantic. He's got a couch in his office for heaven's sake. He's got He's a got couch. His it's like his He got a, He got a couch and a leather couch. He's like oh, Mr. That's CEO that's guy. I, you'll like this, Paul, because when
3: I told my sister we were moving, she said, oh, so now you can finally have the corner office before you retire. So, yeah, Aww, I did get that office. And
1: so. <laughs> did you get the corner but in office? The na- he got the corner office, but but in the spirit of full disclosure, because we are, I, I, I want to call us frugal. I don't want to call us cheap. The couch the folks are sitting on over there in our lobby is from Ikea. It was like $399. Uh, Tom's couch, De- Debbie and I went to Ikea, and they had this couch in the, uh, the, the, the returned furniture room and they had it marked at $399. It's a thousand dollar leather leather sofa. And when the woman came up she looked at that tag and she goes, oh that's not right. And she goes to rip it off and Debbie went, no, it says $399. We're paying $399. (laughs) Darned if she didn't get it for $399. Oh, so you, you'll be story. glad to know I like that, that I do
3: sleep there most nights, Paul. So it's okay. We're getting our money's worth. Yeah, I, so you, you I, re, I remember that, that out. well. Listen,
2: you... I I just uh, <laughs> wanted to tell you that uh, I heard your call about the short-term bond fund. And um, in 2008, that bond fund went down almost 5%. There so you go. You're right, Don. It does have some risk. But in 2009, it went up 14%.
1: Wow. So wow. it
2: goes both ways. It can make you feel like you're getting way more than you expected or that you didn't expect all that pain.
1: But anyway, So in other words, it, make, it can make you feel smart or make you feel stupid, depending on when you're in it.
2: That's right. But it's always a good conversation then to have with your spouse. Anyway, good luck to you guys. <laughs> I really respect you guys. And, and I do believe you're telling the truth. Keep it up. And I can't wait to come over and, and see your new offices. Good luck to you. Well,
3: that's very kind, Paul. Thank you for the call, too. and And I think I sent you a note recently. And this is true. We couldn't have done it without you, honestly. I well, mean, because I never even got in this business if so it wasn't for you. And then the way you built that business, we built it together, Merriman. Uh, yep. Is We've stolen so much of that to right. do it here. We, we have.
1: I was just going to say, we <laughs> stole all your ideas, Paul. We stole them
2: from you. I like that. I like that. It's, it, it's all for free. Hey, listen, take care, and uh, good luck to you, the listeners, and uh, your clients. All right?
1: Thank you. Thanks, George. We really appreciate the call.
0: And Don are talking real
1: money. We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there, but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at Retire Meet online for free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the video link. And finally, we rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestry. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis go to vestry.com to learn more and you can take our free no obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate that's vestry.com V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com.
0: your guides to a really great financial future tom and don are talking real money
1: and today we're doing it from our new offices in Bellevue, Washington at 2821 north of way we've got a couple of great food trucks out here a lot of great people our clients have stopped by for our our, our housewarming office warming party whatever you, whatever you want i they've been wandering around looking for their money i think they just want to see where if it was still here uh this is kind of like uh it's a wonderful life oh uh, uh, we, 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 we don't we don't have your money here Phil we we, we, we put it in houses uh just i don't have it uh and uh during the break one of our clients came up and was talking about his his experience with friends where they talk about their their brokers this is one of my favorite things i just love this talking about their their stockbroker their ed jones guy or their ameriprise guy their merrill lynch guy and it was like well i don't have to worry now working with ed jones because they're fiduciaries right wrong they might be but you know what i have i have had made up this doesn't work well on radio no. but uh, i'm going to use these at my classes from now on you see if you go into your broker's office your broker should be wearing this red Hat that doesn't fit over my headphones. This red hat says merely suitable, right? Is that what it says? I can't see it.
3: It's misspelled. Yes, it's misspelled, but yes, no, it does funny. say. Then
1: they want you to believe that they're a fiduciary, that they're always acting in your best interest. Sometimes they might be wearing the green, acting in your best interest hat that just fell off. Sometimes they're just selling you suitable investments, and you never know which hat they're wearing because there's no hat requirement in the SEC rule. There should be a hat rule. You should be required to put a hat on if you came to us this is the hat we would always be wearing over my headphones this is the hat this is the hat the in your best interest hat always
3: you want a fiduciary i think we're wearing shirts too that say 100% f- pure fiduciary but let's let's just break this down a little bit because this is something that has come up it's and, and this is exactly what our client was saying it's confusing because uh-huh. in the old world registered investment advisors had a legal responsibility to put the client's interest first now many brokers when it comes to retirement assets. Individual retirement accounts have a legal responsibility unless you sign a little piece of paper that says not so much, right? That you sign the BICE that, that gets them off
1: the hook. That's the rub. The best interest contract exemption. It's a form they can give you. And even though the labor department says you must always act in the client's best interest when you're dealing with retirement assets, IRAs, 401ks, that kind of stuff, they can have you sign the exemption letter, the BICE. And and that's exactly what
3: they'll do. So it is a it's still confusing. And if you came to me and asked me what I would I would still only hire somebody that has to wear the green hat all the time. He's modeling it now, available today at Amazon and other fine retailers. I, no, you're,
1: you're, <laughs> you're laughing. I am gonna start selling these. I'm gonna suggest that people buy them and take them to their stockbroker and say, I'm confused. Would you please change hats when you change roles? So I know. Exactly.
3: So I would only hire somebody that has to do that all the time. By the way, the show isn't just about us. The show's about helping you get this right, whether you ever hire us or not, whether you have just starting or whether you're, whatever situation, we want you to understand and to get this right from the get-go or wherever you are in your life. So I would only hire the fiduciary. I would only hire somebody with fees at the highest less than 1%. And I would only hire somebody with an investing philosophy that is designed to get you stock market returns over the long period of time. Hey, Mr. Radio Guy. (laughs) And Don's decided to sit down. I guess that was it. The show's over. He's seated.
1: Heckling heckling from a distance. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Radio Guy, how do I know if they're always a fiduciary, huh? That's a good point because it is, I think,
3: 1% of the whole investing world, 1% that is uh, required to do so. If they are a registered investment advisor, again, he's shaking his head. No. 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 Okay.
1: No, because you can be a registered investment advisor and also be registered as an insurance agent and also be registered as a registered representative, or whatever the heck else they call them, you can wear multiple invisible hats. These are real. I want them to wear the real hats. I'm really hung up on this hat thing.
3: You got a little bit, a little bit of an issue there. So available at fine retailers, including Amazon, coming no, soon. Not, oh, it's not yet. Okay, I'm trying to help you there. So yes, I would only hire somebody that had to be a fiduciary 100% of the time. No conflict
1: of interest. And you can ask them that, but they might lie. I'm serious. They, they might just lie. They go, of course I'm a fiduciary. Are you always a fiduciary? Mm, Yeah. Um, Here's what I want you to do. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com I know not very many of you do this, but you could save yourself a whole lot of grief. If you would go to TalkingRealMoney.com and download the advisor interview form, it is one page. If your advisor, broker, insurance agent, salesperson, refuses to fill one of those out, then they must have something to hide. You will learn. But the problem is, is that you in many cases you don't want to learn because that person you're working with, well, they're
3: just so nice. They're always the nicest person. They, you knew him in high school or your brother-in-law has been friends with them for years. Yeah. So avoid all that because that's going to be costly. So before we get away, because time is running out, I want to make sure people come and hear you next week. I'm hoping we're going to do a lunch at New Office Belvedere, right? Yeah. Okay. He's shaking I'm his way head. way over He's, here. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then on August 29th, I'm doing a great class with our friend Rick Gregorick, who is uh, going to be talking about the estate and health and housing issues of retirement while I talk about the money issues, and then not enough. No, we're going to go south. September 12th in Olympia, I'll be doing a class, Science of Retirement Investing. All of those classes have a nominal charge. The one next week in our office includes lunch, TalkingRealMoney.com.
1: Yeah, we're coming into the season. This is the season. We don't do a lot of classes in the summer, but come fall, we it's the season. So we're doing, yeah, I got Lunch Ed next week, uh, The Thing with Rick, uh, I can't remember what 29. it's called. What's it called? Retirement Freedom! That was it. And then Tom's doing the Science of retirement investing in olympia and then we just we haven't even put it up yet but but mark your calendars october 28th we have a huge south end event we're going to tell you about a little later huge south end event because i think we think you folks on the south side shouldn't have to drive all the way up here (laughs) i just want to keep you from driving like a guy tried to drive up to our event today and what was wrong what was wrong tom you know you live here
3: let me think it might be called traffic yeah he got stuck and decided turning around going home don't want to spend as much as i love you guys Guys. And he does, because he's written us before. Uh, he's not going to drive all that far. So I want to thank the others who did, by the way.
1: You know where I live, in the Orlando area? They don't do traffic on the 4s. They don't need to do tra- I think they do traffic on the 10s or something. Just not as bad. The traffic in Seattle. Oh, uh, I love you guys, and I love it out here. But I'm telling you, driving around here is, at times, even at silly times, challenging.
0: Programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?